Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. My name is Monish and I'm from Brisbane on the east coast of Australia. Uh, and my wife, Michelle, and I have owned a design and construct residential uh, general contracting remodeling business for the last four and a half years. And we've got a 18 month old son named Max Cartier. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you thought about What's the first right? year and a half being a dad? It was very hard for me to be present with my family while not thinking about there's a lawsuit going on or whatever else, you know. So we got to a point about six months ago where we made a very bold decision to basically have a semi-retirement. Like we, we've decided to shut our construction business down. And like it's, you know, no one's no one sort of that I've spoken to has questioned why would you do that? Like are you going broke and stuff like that? Like over here we – there's a, there's a website called House which rates GCs and stuff, and we've got five star rating. We've got like awesome clients. We we were quite profitable. Our employees were happy, subcontracts happy, and stuff like that. But the thing is, like after Max was born, I realised I basically have until he starts school, until his first day of school, we've got this time where we can do whatever we want with our kids, mm-hmm. right, and and give them that good start in life. And then once they start school and they've got their own sort of structure and routine, we can jump back into doing whatever we want with our businesses. So we'll probably, like, we own property and, you know, and things like we've been good with investing. So financially, we're at a place where we could do this. And that was in part thanks to me working and same with Michelle, thanks yeah. to us working so hard over the last few years. And we kind of decided, all right, let's just take five years off and, and just dedicate it to our kids. And then just, you know, after that, we'll probably do like multifamily developments and, and stuff like that eventually. But for now, just leave it all aside and, and just do stuff with our kids. So I told you, um, you know, we next or in September this year, we're going across to the States for 11 mm-hmm. weeks. We're just hanging out there for 11 weeks. I've got a conference to go to, but other than that, just, you know, there's no uh, specific intention while we're going there. We love traveling, so we want to do that with our kids. And we've also decided the year before Max starts school, we're going to go to Europe again for the entire year. And we'll do like three months in France, three months in Italy, three months in Greece, and three months somewhere else to try and decide. But the the idea there is like we're spending basically as much time with our kids as possible yeah. before they start school and they go off and do that sort of stuff. And it, it really was like when Max was born, the the sense of fulfillment that I got was mm-hmm. like nothing compared to every one of my achievements leading up to that. And I was just like, all right. And it's, it's sort of, like I said, it comes from my childhood because I didn't, you know, I, I had a pretty challenging upbringing, I suppose. And I, I grew up going like the ideal, the, the number one goal, I suppose, is that I want to be a really good father. 
you know. So mm-hmm. everything I did, like, and even when I worked and stuff, the motivation there wasn't so much money and stuff like that. It was just like I want to, I want to get to a point where I can provide for my family and and mm-hmm. you know them not having to go through what I went through, sort of. Thing. And so when again when Max was born, you know, going through my goals, I was like, I've ticked everything off with my career. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. there that I feel like I haven't done, and I need to hang in there, sort of. Thing. And I said, oh, I think it's time to, you know, hang up <laughs> the backs basically. And, and now if my goal is really to be a good father, how can I improve on that? And the easiest yeah. way is just time. Let's just give him more time. Because what I found out with, with kids, man, it's like you don't have to have an agenda or a plan or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, like if, if I just sit on the couch with him for two hours, he's happy as. Like he, he'll just, yeah. all he wants to do is just, have me around and he'll play around me. Like I don't have to actually have a plan to, oh, we're going to do colouring now or whatever. Like, yeah. He'll make his own games up. But if I'm not there or Michelle's not there, he's kind of longing for us to just be present basically. And, um, yeah, the, the getting rid of the business meant, you know, I don't get phone calls, I don't get emails and stuff like that. So I don't mentally switch off. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice and wrapped up and I can just mentally be present. And, yeah, it's been quite great. So... It's 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 a bit controversial, <laughs> like yeah. you know, giving up your business for that. But I think it's at the end of the day, like you can't ask yourself, why do you have certain goals? Why why do you want to run a successful business? Why do you want to, you know, make so much money and stuff like that? And for me, the end was always family. So I was like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to start with what's on the right and work my way to the left. Like it's not easy yeah. being a parent. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. Like when, so I listened to your podcast with your father, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I don't have that relationship with my dad. And, it's, it, and, I, and I looked at that going, I hope that one day I have this sort of relationship with my kids where we, yeah. can, we can converse and, you know, and have that sort of stuff. And it made me realize that I, I don't have a, a compass or like a blueprint of what to do as a father. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why I'm looking at reading books and educating myself and stuff like that. But part of that as well is obviously when you're struggling or when I'm struggling with something, I need to talk to my friends or my father in law or other people that, that have had kids so I can find out what to do. Again, if I, you know, I'm realizing if I kept the same mentality or I just keep it to myself, it's probably not really going to, not going to end well in the long term. Yeah. Right. So I, I, yeah, I'm a big proponent of people just, just opening up conversations about what they're struggling with. And it's, I don't really see it as a, as a, as a weakness or whatever. It's just that, Hey, there's this thing that's an issue for me. I don't know what the solution is. What have you guys done? Mm-hmm. And you learn to be better. Today we are chatting with Brian Glass. He is uh, yet another, if you have been listening to this at all, yet another GoBundance guy. So Brian, welcome. If you can, please uh, give us a little bit of an introduction about you and your family and then a little bit about your business as well. So like I'm a lawyer in the Northern Virginia area. I represent people who've been hurt in auto accidents against insurance companies. Uh, I'll be 40 in August, which is kind of weird to say. I've got three kids, all boys, a 10-year-old, eight-year-old, five-year-old, been married uh, for almost 14 years to my wife, Krista, who came and joined me at the law firm about a year ago now. Um, my dad and I run our law firm together. It's called Ben Glass Law. I joined him 
four or five years ago after a decade of practicing on my own in the same geographic regions. And then just earlier this year, joined his other company called Great Legal Marketing. We teach lawyers in solo and small law firms how to run better practices, run better businesses, Adam. Awesome. That's pretty cool. What kind of um, commitments do they have in sports? Like, what are you, um, how is it that you're uh, pushing or not pushing sports with the kids? You know, my, my kids genetically are unlikely to be uh, collegiate athletes, right? <laughs> um, so I want them to work hard and work with people, teammates that they like and achieve goals. And so I, you know, I kind of think like every kid should be on a team that wins a championship, um, a team that loses in the championship and a team that loses every single game that year. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's really just, it's character building and it's overcoming obstacles. I don't push my kids that hard, except you've got to, you got to show up. Like if you, I, I, so the most recent all-star tournament, I benched my son for uh, making a face at me after he gave up a goal and I said something to him, right? <laughs> okay. Comes to that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care that you gave, I don't care that you gave the ball away and they scored. I care about your reaction to that. And so yeah. if you're, if you're walking on the field, you're coming off. Right. Um, but we don't do, we don't do like the over the top clinics and the private instruction. And we just, we don't get, oh, we really don't get wrapped up in our kids sports identity all that much. Um, you know, right, right or wrong. It's just not something that we've done. I just want them to, to work hard, um, make friends, win sometimes, probably lose more often than, than you win, um, and, and ultimately like compete for a spot on a team, right? Because uh, I think that's important too. But, but for now, I just want them to have fun. I want to do a better job of exposing my kids to other parts of the world and what other people have, right? They spend, we spend so much time staring at the kindle right mm -hmm. or or watching youtube or or whatever else like and it's it's not reality and it's you know it's this feedback loop of like the things that you've already liked it's going to just show mm -hmm. you more and more of it and so i i i'm working on spending more deliberate time taking my kids out into the <laughs> the real world and showing them more and more of that and then um and then as they get older, you know, I, I think exposure to other kind of athletic endeavors, like get off the couch, mm -hmm. let's go, let's go hike in the woods, let's go swim in the lake, let's do, let's do stuff that's not kind of cookie cutter, the sports that, that everybody else is playing. Let's go, let's go pick up some skills and, and just get out in nature a little bit. Today, we have Dan Reed on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to uh, learning a little bit more about him. We spent um, a, a lot of time together for a, a short period of time in OTS. We were both prior enlisted folks and went into officer training and then did that for a while and became good friends there. And here we are years and years later uh, doing a podcast together. When I first came in the military back in 1999, uh, I came in enlisted as a TAC P. I did that for about 13 years. Made it up to Master Sergeant. And um, throughout that time, um, my wife and I have four kids and uh, several dogs along the way. During that time, I finished my bachelor's degree, my associate's degree, and started my master's degree all before I went to OPS. As far as business goes, uh, I never actually started a business until we, we moved to Ohio. And mm -hmm. this was probably my sixth or seventh home that we had renovated. 
Um, it's something that I really enjoyed. I loved to get into plumbing, electrical construction, etc. I built all the going away gifts for all of our military units. Carpentry is kind of one of my passions. And so that's what inevitably led to me starting Reed Custom Woodworks back uh, about three or four years ago. All right. Fantastic. Have you thought through what it is that you are instilling in your kids on purpose to make sure that they understand to keep that change going so that it doesn't turn into, oh, well, now now they turn into uh, you know a bunch of spoiled millennials that don't know how to um, do anything or Gen Zers that don't know how to do anything? One of the biggest problems I had uh, being a dad and being in the military uh, is I have two different worlds where I have to act like two different types. Of oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, right. And so I've always had a decent commute. Um, coming from home and, and to work and vice versa, where I try to get into a different mindset. And I've noticed that over the years, I've kind of loosened up a little bit, but in my early years in fatherhood, I was very rigid. And I was not approachable in any way. And mm-hmm. I would tell you to do something, and I just expected you to do it. Uh, there is no conversation. Your dad told you to do this, go do it now, and I want you to do it very well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then I'm going to criticize you for not doing it well. And then we're going to, we're going to have a, a disciplinary issue after that. And that's the wrong way to do it. It, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't create any sort of, of loving environment. This is, this is just rigid. I told my, my dad told me what to do and that's what I'm going to do. And that's it. Um, but as I, as I've gotten older and, uh, I've gotten a bit more experience and especially now that we have a grandchild, um, you can kind of see exactly where you screwed up in life. Uh, the older you get, the wiser you become. Mm-hmm. You're actually paying attention, and you can you can look back and say, "Man, that was that was really dumb. I should not have treated my children that way. I shouldn't have treated my wife that way." Uh, at the time, I thought it was right. I thought I was I was making the right call, and I can't blame myself for that. But looking back now, I, I was just an idiot, um, and I think most men generally are idiots until they're about their mid thirties. But when you're talking to your your children, you want them to have that, that, that sense of fear of their parents, uh, much like you have a fear of God. But what you don't want them to do is be scared. You don't want them um, looking at you and, and, and saying, I just I don't understand why he's doing this. Does he not like me? Does he mm-hmm. not love me? Does he not want to be with me any, or hang out with me anymore? Does he, is he just doing this to be mean? And at a certain point, you have to start explaining things to them. You have to start allowing them to ask you certain questions because otherwise you're going to damage the relationship. Their perspective of you is going to be 100% dependent on how you interact with them. And if you are always a tyrant, that's the perspective that they're going to have of you for your whole life. And is that what you want of your children? Or do you want them to have a, a memory of you of, um, yeah, he was always very firm, but I understood why. And it made mm-hmm. sense. Uh, there's a big difference in that, right? Um, and being firm and loving and all of those can go hand in hand, but you have to have a purpose, you have to have a reason. You can't, you can't just tell your kids to do something because you don't want to. Being a lazy parent is not an excuse to have your children do everything. Yeah. It's not an excuse to have them go out and, and mow the lawn or to, to you know, clean the dishes because you don't want to do it. You also have to. You have to pull your own weight around the house, too. Even though that yes, my job is to provide and create this house that you live in. Yeah. Uh, I still have to model what that looks like to live inside of it. And um, I didn't. I didn't have kids to create slaves. I didn't have kids to have 
servants in my home. I, I created them to have a loving environment. Much like I believe God created all humankind to do, to have that relationship. Um, and if I force them into loving me, much like God gave us free will, uh, it's not much of a relationship. Yeah. And um, you gotta you gotta focus on that at some point. You gotta realize that your communication is, is uh, pretty paramount in that in that relationship. Yeah. And, and as they got older, I, I noticed how it impacted them, and I tried to modify it where it was. So I didn't feel guilty after talking. To I'm excited to uh, to introduce a uh, another good buddy of mine in GoBundance, another Adam. So he's got to be awesome because I mean, with a name like that, you can't go wrong. Uh, but Adam Hill, he has got a great story. But to start, Adam, if you can introduce yourself a little bit, tell us about uh, your family, tell us about your businesses, and then we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm Adam Hill. I uh, live in Denver, uh, Colorado currently, originally from Southern California. I have my wife, Marie. I've been married to her for about 19 years with two wonderful kids. So the business-wise, my great-grandfather started a business in Southern California called Hill Brothers Chemical Company. We're in the fourth generation of of the business. We just celebrated our 100th birthday a few weeks ago. I also build a personal brand where I have a podcast, I speak, and I help people to essentially reframe fear and build a better relationship with it. One of the bigger fears I have as a parent is is the fact that you know I'm sitting here talking about my dad and like you know he was wonderful and I'm talking about some of the some of the the places I wish he would have done or things like that. The thing is like it, it, you know he did a great job the best he can and and so are we. And like the thing that terrifies me is there's something that we've done that we might not know that's uh-huh. screwing them up, you know, at some point yes. in our lives. We did homeschool our kids for a while. Um, you know, um, my daughter, once she, once she started like first grade and then my son all since, since kindergarten. And, um, and, uh, I was, uh, I, you know, once we, when we started to enter into 2019, um, um, you know, my daughter started having some pretty significant health issues with, uh, um, she, it, it flipped like a switch. This was, it, it was one of those, um, things where I, uh, where, you know, one month in, in December, you know, over Christmas time, we were doing daddy daughter dates, you know, where we were going out for burgers and ice cream and all this kind of stuff. And by January, she was, you know, restricting eating, not eating anything and, and having a lot of fears around food. And it turned into a pretty severe eating disorder. And that became, you know, kind of our, our primary, um, that, that shifted our focus, like from, you know, just the traditional parenting, that was the punch, in, the Mike Tyson punch in the face that we, we got where it was like, yeah. you know, now we've got to come back and we've got to, we've got to help a child recover and, and, um, and, and work through this and also work with another child who's, you know, seeing a lot of this and a lot of the behavioral issues and, and, and. That I mean, that's still going on to this day. It's so so. It's 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 still an issue we we deal with. Though she's in recovery, but um, but that that led into you know that that happened within a few months of COVID happening, and um, and then we yeah, we dropped into COVID where we couldn't bring her into facilities. We couldn't, and there was a lot of um, you know just a so there was a lot of like well you're on your own kind of stuff, and so that whole thing of us being on our own for for as long as we were and, and trying to learn and, and figure out via trial and error, how to manage this and best parent through this, um, you know, let us down to the point of, oh, you know, a bit of exhaustion. If we're, if we're honest of like, you know, 
by the time school opened up, you know, we, we got with our kids and we said, well, you know, this has been a pretty heavy deal for all of us. How do you guys feel about going to school and, uh, and doing it, you know, with a, with a class and with, you know, more of your peers since you haven't been in that for so long. And they, you know, they're like, yeah, we want to do that. So, um, um, so they, they, they went into the traditional school and I think it was that for us, at least at that time was a big relief for, you know, my wife to have that. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, and, and with my daughter being in and out of treatment, that has helped, you know, my son to be able to still get the learning and the attention that he needs while, uh, while doing it. So, um, so yeah, very personal reasons. Um, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it's not, not because I will, we're not huge advocates and, and love the idea of homeschooling because we do, but it was more out of, you know, kind of a necessity and, and, and a feeling like that, that was probably the best option for us at the time. There's the idea that, um, you know, structure helps in that kind of chaos, you know? So having that level of structure really helps, especially for, I'd say my son right now, um, even though he hated the idea at first, he, didn't, he, he really didn't like going to school, going back to school and like a lot of that. And I get it. And, and, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of him for is, 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 you know, kind of embracing that fear and realizing, you know, that this is an opportunity. This is, this is yes, a scary thing, but this is not scary. Like I should avoid it. This is scary. I should lean into it and, and, and grow from it. And he really has, he's embraced it. He's doing really, really well in school. He's, uh, um, he's in middle, middle school now. So he's just going into uh, seventh grade and, um, and yeah, he's starting to get like friends and, and I've just seen him blossom and, and really grow from, from, from that. Um, and you know, my daughter's kind of been in and out of school with, with some of these challenges. So, um, but she's been able to keep up kind of on the outside a little bit. So she's going back uh, within the next few weeks and that should be exciting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And ultimately where I'm at now, um, is, is as I, as I engage with my kids, I really just try to open the door to like when they talk about a passion or something that they, that they have in their mind. My goal with the mindset that I have is, is to encourage them to follow that, follow whatever it is, not think of like, you know, not think of this financial security first that, that will, you know, that, that will, we'll figure out a way to take, they'll figure out a way to take care of that. But if they have a drive to, to do something, whether it be engineering or music or, or art or something like that, you know, let's lean into that passion and think of a business model or some kind of opportunity that you can get into with that. I want to give my kids the sensation and the, and the belief to know, I guess that the one thing that I want to get them to understand is that, you know, within the grounds of, of the law and, and, you know, and, and physics, that they are free, that they have freedom to do whatever, you know, that they, they want to do. And, and, um, and if that means like, Hey, joining the company, they don't like it. They want to leave then they, and they leave then, Hey, that's, that's great. Or they, or they want to, start their own thing and, and do that. That's, that's great. And, and, you know, and, and just hopefully guide them in a direction that is moral and ethical and that they, that they enjoy and gives them fulfillment and happiness. I am uh, super excited to have uh, my guest today. He has been uh, an inspiration for everything from my real estate journey to um, talking to him about fatherhood um, to, you know, being in his, being in his amazing mastermind. It's been a lot of fun to, 
be around uh, Gino Barbaro and seeing his family at work. So uh, Gino, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and uh, tell us a bit about your uh, business slash businesses. I am part of the Jake and Gino community. Jake and I started the education community a few years ago. Uh, I am a father of six children, uh, ages 23 to 8. My oldest daughter is a missionary right now. My son, 20 years old, he's at the camp with her right now just for the summer. Uh, 17-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. I've been married a quarter of a century this year, 25 years. It's nice. been a long time. It's been great. No, it's it's been an – I'm really fortunate that I married my wife. I mean, two, two things that I'm really blessed with is – being married to her and actually finding Jake as a partner. Those are two things that really uh, worked out well in life. And it's ironic that, you know, we're always striving and achieving for money, but I think the relationships in life are so important. Obviously the relationships with your children, but you know, the, the other kinds of relationships are so important. You were working in the restaurant with your dad and then your dad passes. You have um, six kids, probably what uh, was that was 2013 you said yeah. or 07 your dad passed. So, well, you've only had a couple kids at that point. Um, what's, uh, what, if any thoughts did you have about you know, Michael was already born by that point. So what, any thoughts on him coming into the restaurant? What were your thoughts on it? Like include it, like it was a family business at this point. As, so as you get older, the only thing you realize when you're in your parenting, what you really need to do is you need to create adults who are loving, uh, adults who can make up their own decisions, uh, uh, uh you know, young adults who can make those decisions and they're ultimately going to leave and you're not there as an entrepreneur to fix their problems. You're there to be by their side and walk with them. And when they do have a problem, they can come to you and say, Hey dad, here's the problem. And you're not, you're not able to fix anything. That's not our job is to fix. Your job is just to be there to lend guidance, yeah. to lend support. That's how I've transitioned my thought processes over the last um, six or seven years. And you know, the oldest daughter, she actually went to college uh, when she was a freshman, she went, was in theater and and music and in the whole Hollywood thing. And after six months, she's like, Dad, I, I want to tell you something. I don't like this at all. She goes, I want to go into youth ministry and philosophy. Best thing I ever heard in my entire life because I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to do theater. But you'll start learning yeah. as you have children when you're telling them your own thoughts and what they're supposed to do. Even though you know you're right, they're going to go against what you say for the most part. They mm-hmm. need to go through those experiences and those challenges. My my son at the time when he when he started college his freshman year it was challenging i mean like going from a homeschooling environment to a classroom environment where you know the teachers aren't the greatest they throw they throw homework at you they don't explain anything to you he was struggling in the beginning with excel and all that and i remember just seeing the tears and the sadness and that's the hardest thing as a parent to sit back and to say you know what he has to go through those challenges you know uh, what mm-hmm. is it iron sharpens iron or whatever the whatever the saying pressure makes diamonds and if we don't allow our kids to suffer a little bit and to grow and we're always there to, to help them with that soft landing. That's not going to build uh, yeah. build resilience in our children. That was that was a really hard lesson for me to sit there and watch them cry about homework because it brought back memories for myself when I was in school. And mm-hmm. I was challenged. I'm like, I don't really know what the heck I'm doing here either. And my parents couldn't help me. Yeah. They're you know they're both Italian. They're not, they're not school type. So I struggled as well. So I wanted to take that struggle away from him. I think the only thing you can do as a parent is to be there to support them and to lend an lend an ear and to help them in any way possible, but not actually solve the problem for them, let them solve their own problems. I always wanted them to learn about money and and Mm -hmm. just having those conversations, those open conversations, letting them in. I think budgeting and sharing a home budget with children and no matter what age and showing them the value of money, go into a grocery store with $50 and that's all you have. 
and or a hundred, whatever it is, and buy the groceries for a hundred bucks. And you see how long, how far it goes. Let, let them understand what the value of money is. Uh, they're too young to understand savings and investing at that age. And when they get to be in their teens, then they'll start to be naturally curious, curious and inquisitive. My 14 year old, the other day, we're talking about life insurance and whole life. And I love whole life. And I pull up a policy mm-hmm. for her and she looks at the policy. I got them all and all six kids. She sees the death benefit. I said, here's your death benefit. And she's like, I'm worth a million dollars. I said, only if you're dead. I don't want you to be dead, but I got this <laughs> for you. There's cash value in there. You're saving money every every mm-hmm. year. So she's understanding now the savings component. She's understanding life insurance. She's understanding the value of death. She already had a job. So money was going into her into her account for, for, for paychecks and for, for that. So don't try to push things on them. Let the conversation take over naturally. Some kids will gravitate towards the subject. Some kids don't. Find the genius in each child and let each child, you know, attract their genius. This, this, my, my 14 year old that I'm talking about, she hates school. She does not like reading. She does not like, but she's very athletic. And when she finds something she likes, she'll latch onto it and she'll crush it. But if I'm sitting there and telling her to do this and do that, she's not going to, she's, she's going to rebel and she's going to hate school. Your two sons mm-hmm. who walked in right now, how is it? Okay, we can put those kids in school for eight hours and expect them to sit watching. It, it's not even natural. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. And everyone has ADHD. No, the whole system is not created <laughs> for education. You know, and there's yeah. no education involved. It's more of indoctrinization. And that's the problem with the school system right now. So your child, you may be saying to yourself, oh, he's struggling in school. Find out what he or she really likes and let them do more of that because they'll gravitate towards that. They'll get confidence yeah. around that. They'll start to enjoy that. Then they'll see other things. And the other thing is math may not be a fun topic for most kids, but make it relatable to life skills. Bring them out. Let them see when they go to the store how much money, how much change they need to make. Make it practical because if they're sitting they're reading something like we all went through it. why do i need to know calculus i don't want to learn it mm-hmm. if i'm not going to be able to use it so when the kids are younger teach them skills that they're going to be able to learn as they go throughout life and find out what their geniuses are and focus on what they really like and don't be afraid of other subjects because they'll catch up i mean we rarely did sciences during our during during um our school years for homeschooling in high school it's just more challenging but now my 17 year old is going to massage school and she's learning all about pain management body work she's mm-hmm. learning all about bones and skeletal she loves that stuff now we never really went hard into it but now she's found a passion to it and that's what she's going to school for so find out what they like and focus on that they're living growing entities they're constantly changing what you knew when your child was two you're going to be a different parent when your child is 22 so you need to continue Mm -hmm. to process and continue to learn continue to be flexible as well and for us it just, I don't say it came naturally, but she was home raising the kids and then I'm coming home. We have that great open relationship. We're able to communicate. So if you're having struggles with the communication aspect of it, set up a level time meeting. Maybe we do a quarterly priority with your children. My friend Jim Shields wrote a book called 18 Summers. It's a great book. Mm, really book. simple yeah. book. But I mean, yeah. I don't know, like whoever thought about doing a quarterly meeting with your kid and let them choose whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. You want to go to the park? You want to go on trampolines for the day? Whatever you want to do. And you spend that time four times a year, four days with each child. I mean, that is a great way to bond, great way to build. And to be able to build those rhythms within your business, you should be able to build them within your family as well. I'm excited to have uh, Rami on today. He's another uh, GoBundance guy. I'm excited to kind of get to know you on a different level. You've been my coach in the past, and now we uh, we get to talk on a much different level than, uh, hey, Adam, why are you still fat? Okay, cool. So um, live in Atlanta now, been here about 30 years. I grew up in uh, upstate New York. 
I moved out when I was about 25. When I finished graduate school, I moved down to Florida um, and then moved to Georgia about 30 years ago and uh, got married in, in 2000. How many years have been married? It's 23. Um, and I have a boy, an older boy, who's about to turn 22. I have a daughter who's 18. So a boy and a girl, and she's just starting college um, next week. So business-wise, I've been in the fitness industry, as you know, for 31 years. Um, mm -hmm. Ironically, started, you know, 92 when I, when I moved to Florida. And um, I was in corporate America for all of 3.5 years. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, always have been, you know, had my little businesses when I was a kid in 94. So I've been in the fitness industry. Um, I was a trainer for about six years, got sick of working for other people, entrepreneurial, started my own business, uh, started my own gym in 1999. I raised my children in a much more what I would consider traditional, you know, like I didn't have religion growing up, right? But mm -hmm. dad was Muslim. My mom was nothing. They just decided not to be involved in it. And he, he was involved in his faith probably until I was about eight or nine, and then he gave up on it as well. So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want my kids you know i want my kids to have more structure so we, that was mm -hmm. very important to me um from the very beginning so our kids have been in gym in the in a gym since they were born you know it's funny my, my son trains at one of our franchises that we part own now and all the clients are like my god he has the best form i've ever seen i'm like well he's been doing this since he was born you know we had little yeah. like one pound weights for them and so yeah so and and they you know looking back on it like i've asked my kids about this now i'm like were you guys really aware? Because we tried to hide a lot of it when the finances were really bad. You know, mm -hmm. like literally we had people coming to the door to say, you know, when are you going to pay your mortgage, right? Those people yeah. that they hire, like awful. Right? Yeah. I had a, the doorbell would ring and I'd go running so the kids wouldn't, because they, they'll work the kids. They'll say, you know, yeah. dad hasn't paid his bills and all that kind of stuff. And, and I said, how much did you know? And they said, we, we know. Like yeah. we knew it. Yeah, we were we were a little bit scared and we knew you guys were going to always feed us and all that, but we were wondering if we were going to, not be able to stay in school and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so we tried, but what I did through that time is once they became cognizant, I tried to teach them. Rem Do you remember what it was like, like seven years ago, like we were traveling all the time and, mm -hmm. you know, dad was flush with money and buying moms, all kinds of gifts. And now you notice like, I don't even go to Starbucks anymore. Right. Like I yeah. literally, and they're like, and I said, that's what it is to be an entrepreneur. And there's nothing wrong with that. If your personality fits it, I can see like my son's personality. He's definitely, by the way, he's looking at, he's looked into the military, which is pretty cool. He's looked mm -hmm. into the FBI. Everything mm -hmm. he's looked into is he's looked into being a pilot, right? They have a great well, pilot program. Come talk to me. I know about I, all three of them. So. I know you do. That's what I'm just thinking. This is so cool. I want to set up a call with you guys. But everything is steady paycheck, pension after 20 years. Like he's gone to, I see yeah. him headed that way because yeah. his person, he's a total like, on the Myers-Briggs, he's the opposite of me. On the mm -hmm. Enneagram, he's the opposite of me. My daughter, I could see being more of an entrepreneur. She's much more of a risk taker. Um, yeah. and, and they're both they're both fantastic. Love them both to death. But they both were raised in the same environment, right? Yeah. And now you see, like my daughter's like, part of it's nature, part of it's nurture. Yeah. yeah, I might open a dance studio. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I keep telling her, remember, you're going to have great years and you're going to have challenging years. And you have good months mm -hmm. and you have bad months. And you just have to, you have to know that. And, and I said, the highs are way higher and the lows are way lower. Yeah. And if you like that, I do, you know, um, again, I prefer that. And I think, I feel like we did a pretty good job because I am like, now that they're older and they're adults, I check in about all this. Mm -hmm. Like I even, I've asked them many times. I do dates with my kids, you know, like separate, I'll have dinner with my son. I'll take my daughter out on a date. 
And I'll say, you know, do you know what was going on in our marriage? And like, we know it all, Dad. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. so cognizant. They're so smart. And there's, a, I, I think, I think they appreciate that you're not like sharing everything with them when they're five years old. I think that's mm -hmm. super smart. I am excited to talk to Luke Henry today, who is our guest. Luke, thank you, first off, for coming on. I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and then tell us a little bit about your businesses as well. So, uh, yeah, Luke Henry. I am in Marion, Ohio. I've been married to my wife, Lindsay, for uh, 18 years. This weekend, we have two children, 12 and a half and 11, boy, girl, Emerson and Olivia. Our businesses, we have kind of a family of family businesses. So it started out kind of way back. Uh, I started a landscaping business when I was in junior high and continued that through high school, college. And then once I had a full-time job, my first uh, full-time job was as a pharmacist. I went to school. I got a doctor of pharmacy degree. I was a pharmacist and was still doing landscaping on the side. And with a couple of full-time jobs, I quit my job as a pharmacist after working just two years and started doing landscaping full-time. And that was the, the beginning of the, the full-on entrepreneurial journey because I'd never done it full-time. I'd always mm -hmm. been just on the side. And so I uh, jumped into that and uh, haven't looked back. I think it's maybe worth discussing. Like I do think that I'm concerned that, that we might oversteer from... Mm -hmm you know, not having great relationships to, you know, it could be oversteered a little bit to like now being friends only and not parents mm -hmm. of our children. And so I think that that is a, a, a line of caution that I look at and, you know, hope that others look at too. I think it's really important to be uh, you know, close to your child, but it's different than being friends with your child. Yeah. You know, we still have to be parents. We still have to be the role model. Our, our driving motivation can't be being liked. We can't have yeah. our kids meeting our emotional needs. Mm -hmm. We can enjoy them. We can love them. We can just have the most fun with them. That's awesome. But I, I think that there is a, a toxic level of closeness to kids i see parents that are just like slave to their kids' schedules mm -hmm. and their kids' emotions and it's like wait a minute like who's the parent here and what are you doing to model for them are you setting them up for success because ultimately like that's what we're doing we're we're raising kids that are going to become adults and they've yeah. got to one day be parents and so we've got to be teaching them these these things and that's hard that's hard mm -hmm. sometimes it's not easy and it doesn't always feel good so we're talking mm -hmm. about like the discipline and then the relationship both of those have to be instilled like early on in in the child's upbringing as early as possible and ideally you know that starts at birth and and is continuous and goes right through the teen years and so when you're giving the discipline or giving the correction and keeping them on on a path uh, to understand proper morals and proper boundaries and those sorts of things like it becomes very not very easy but easier uh, mm -hmm. through those teen years similarly with the relationship you've got to have the relationship to be able to give the correction and that's yeah. what helps build the trust and similarly, like you can't start trying to build that relationship. It's going to be much more difficult 
if that doesn't start until the teen years or the young adult years, because now again, they're already on a path. Whereas when you build that relationship early on, it, it just really primes the pump for the important conversations and discussions and the trust that's already built when those teen years come along. And I'm really starting to feel this because my son just started seventh grade yesterday. And, you know, I feel like we're right on the precipice of more and more of these just tough friend mm-hmm. situations and girlfriends and, and, um, just all of those school things that, you know, think back to your teen years and, and today it's oh, yeah. so much more challenging. Um, I want to be, have that trusting relationship with my son and I've been very intentional with trying to build that for, for him to be, for us to be in a place where when he encounters a, a sticky situation or a tough situation, or he's had a tough day, you know, somebody said something or, you know, he got you know dumped by a girlfriend, like, I'm going to be there to, to be able to talk with him about it. And I know there'll be a day will come that he might be more likely to go talk with a friend about that. But I hope that still uh, somewhere in that process, he comes to old dad and we're able to, to talk about it. And I'm going to be able to keep sharing wisdom with him and, and have been doing that for some time now. And so I hope that, that, it will be very natural for that to happen when that time comes. I remember when I was in, we were in premarital counseling, my wife and I, we went and did premarital counseling. We actually had uh, two different like pastors that were part of our wedding ceremony. We did premarital Mm -hmm. counseling with each of them. One of them, we went to his office for a session and right behind him on his, he had a bookshelf similar to what you have there behind you. And it said, there was a little sign that said the best thing, that a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that as a t- 21, two year old and thinking, Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. That seems kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like there's a lot more things that a dad should do for his kids. But man, as, as my life has went on and I have seen, carnage in families and i've experienced my own you know uh challenges and and dynamics with with my wife and kids i see i see the wisdom in that Mm -hmm. and so i do you know not that you can't be a good dad if you're not with with your children's mother but if there's still an opportunity to to do that and it is a commitment and um it's hard but it is uh, one of the very best things we do for our, for our kids. So, um, but yeah, but it's, it's great to have this opportunity to just talk about some of these things and to compare notes and to, uh, I think hopefully both be reassured that we're uh, not getting it too wrong and that we're at mm-hmm. least on the right track and that we, we step off the path, we make some mistakes, but then we get back on it and, and we're doing it with intention. And I think that that's really important that when we set our minds that this is something that's important to us and we support it with, with our calendar and we, we make the time for our families and for our kids that, uh, we'll, we'll get the right results over time. So, you know, I hope that there's somebody out there that, that needs encouraged in that. Maybe they've made some mistakes as I have for sure, uh, that the, 
if, if you're still being a dad today and you're giving it your best, it, you know, what's done yesterday is, is over with. And we have today that, that we can make a difference. So let's do it to the best of our ability. Today we have on uh, Jordan Barry. I haven't personally had the pleasure to meet Jordan in, in person yet, but I really look forward to kind of digging in deep uh, on this conversation. So Jordan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and tell us about uh, your businesses. Yeah, awesome. Uh, match made in heaven. I, I got a job as a pastor and was a youth pastor and pastor for 14, 15 years. Ended up kind of getting out of that. And that's sort of where the, the entrepreneur journey uh, began through buying a laundromat. Got laundromats and run a platform called Laundromat Resource, uh, which is helping kind of educate and connect up the industry and people who want to join into the industry or buy into the industry or whatever. I've got some real estate also. Married, have two kids, uh, Noah, who's 12, and Evangeline, who is almost 10. She'll be 10 in a little over a month. We go to Disneyland once a week. It's 15 minutes from our house. We go to Disneyland once a week for a few hours after school. We go to the beach once a week because uh, we live not that far from the beach. And, you know, we've gone on vacations to Hawaii uh, this past summer. We went with our kids. We went for two months in Europe and traveled around Europe. And it was life-changing, epic experience uh, to do that, especially with our kids. And we learned a lot yeah. about ourselves and our family and our kids. and bonded a lot. And, you know, so like looking back at it, it's like, man, we went through so many hard times and life felt so overwhelming, but life was still so good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if we could, if we could, you know, just in the midst of the difficulty, you know, and, and you hear a lot about this, like write the things you're grateful for and like try to be grateful for stuff every day. And, uh, and you know, I, I was doing that. I was trying to write down things I was grateful for, but in the moment I didn't realize like, yeah, life sucks on one hand, but on the other hand, life's so good, you yeah. know? And it's, there's even, even though it was so hard, like we still were so blessed, you know, and we still were able to do things that a lot of people don't get to do. And how it all worked out, I'm not entirely sure to be honest. Um, but uh, you know, part of it is my wife went back to to work as a teacher to mm -hmm. kind of help float things. Um, and uh, so, but you know, it's like that's a lot of our conversation now. And now that we've had this trip to Europe, not to jump too far ahead, but our conversation is more around like I think it opened my wife's eyes to life doesn't have to be like what it has been and what mm -hmm. everybody else does like you can you can make a life that's different from what most people do and you can still do that like right you can design your own life essentially yeah. and and that trip really impacted that and so our conversations more recently have been around like okay what do we want life to look like and let's let's build that life you know let's yeah. let's do that so uh that doesn't really answer your question about how i could talk differently um but i think going forward when because it's not going to be an if it's going to be a win we go through difficult times again you know business or whatever you know i think maintaining that focus on where is life good and just mm -hmm. you know it's that whole you know you say you know a yellow car and then you see yellow cars everywhere thing yep. right like what you're looking for system. Yep. yeah what you're looking for you're going to find right so be 
be on the lookout for where life is awesome. And mm-hmm. another little motto we adopted on that trip is uh, do hard things for cool things, right? And I think that that just applies in business. It applies, you know, when we're like, oh gosh, we got to go on this hike and my kids are whining. And I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. look, we're going to get to this sick waterfall where we can go swimming and jumping off cliffs uh, yeah. when we get to the end of this thing. So let's do some hard things to do some cool things, right? And, uh, you know, going through those hard times, sometimes you got to go through those hard times to get to the cool times. So Hendra Tambunen, um, I am super excited to chat with him. He is a, uh, a fellow real estate investor and a Christian. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot to be able to talk about. Um, so that said, Hendra, if you can, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, tell us about uh, who you are, who your family is, um, a little bit about your business, and then uh, we'll go from there. My name is Hendra Tambunen. I'm originally from Indonesia. I came to the United States as a foreign student when I was finished, after finishing high school and you know, went to San Francisco State. Uh, live in the Bay Area, and then pretty much been living there since then. Um, I'm married, you know, and then with my wife uh, for almost 25 years now. And with one wife and one kid, you know, is a 15-year-old, going to be turning into 16. He's a sophomore in high school. Yeah, nice. And I do uh, real estate investing. So what you said, I, even though I still have a W-2 job, uh, that's eventually that's the... Side hustle, like everybody's doing in their real estate investing, that I'm really passionate about. And I think more than it, real estate in, investing itself, I consider myself as like, you know, yeah, have an entrepreneurial itch that just want to continue just like finding things. Anytime like we, 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 we caught up like zero to five, oh, they're cute, they're adorable. But at yeah. the point, like you have to realize like, hey, it's no longer adorable, it's no longer tolerable, right? I mean, for example, mm-hmm. like you, 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 you saw your kids like running around in the underwears, like, you know, when you're three years old, it's fine. You, you know, it's cute, yeah. it's adorable. The moment like they become like eight years old, you have to become like, hey, we got to put your boundaries. Like we get mm-hmm. involved too. But at one point, like you got to start realizing like to what point that you want to educate them and coach them or, and it, you, you, you know, the way you interact with them and to be evolved. I, I, I mean, remember like a couple of years ago, I started telling people, uh, my son, like, you know, they're, you, you know, you evolve, I need to evolve too. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we need to realize like things that you did when you were little is no longer becoming fun, but becoming annoying or maybe yeah. perceived like immature for some people. So that's where I can guide you, but you need to let me do it. And then you also need to be open to do that. And also you need to tell me to what degree that you want me to told you that. So mm-hmm. that then we can help balancing each other. Because otherwise this is going to be it's going to be a war every day, right? Dealing with yeah. danger. I mean, I've seen people like, you know, I've seen uh, my friend um, putting a Facebook post at one time, like, hey, you know, 14 year old tantrum, throwing tantrum is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. 10 times X of the seven year old tantrum. And yeah. I, I believe that, you know, if we don't really yeah. evolve as a parent too. So I think we understand, respect the boundaries respecting that they're also turning into an adult and they try to find their themselves, mm-hmm. um, trying to identify themselves as they're growing up, you know, finding their identity, then we just need to guide them and coach them from there. When it comes to uh, raising your son, what would you, what would you go back and whisper in your ear, you know, four or five, 10 years ago, whatever it is? I think I would listen to him more in engaging conversation rather than driven by my emotion. Because mm. uh, many times it's just like 
jump into conclusion without asking why you're doing this and then engage in conversation because um, we feel like that's the only sometimes we feel like you know that's the only way to do it without asking a reason but as an adult you know there are many different ways to do it mm -hmm. maybe that's a reason behind it why um you know some you know a kid doesn't want to do it maybe because he's timid and maybe it's just his personality is not quite there yet and maybe he's so afraid or scared to do it and it's our job you know especially me as a father that you know i need to be able to guide him and navigate through that um in that, that emotion with him mm -hmm. to take him maybe he was right maybe he has a right to, to be feared for whatever yeah. reason maybe he has a right to be scared for whatever reason but it's my job as a dad i think to be able to navigate him so you know he's, he can manage that emotion i've known nathan for boy how long have we known each other probably what five, six years, something like that. Yeah. Right and probably even before that. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, we've known each other for a while, real estate investor, debt father. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to kind of dig in a little bit more. So, uh, Nathan, for those folks who are listening, who don't know who you are, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about your family, um, and your businesses. I'm a real estate investor, but I spent my formative years in from fifth grade on learning musical instruments. And I actually played music professionally for more than a decade, my 20s and 30s, and uh, conducted choirs all over the country, played in front of thousands of people, had a song on the radio, uh, played in studios. And to this day, I, I have a huge love and passion for music. I have uh, a couple different real estate related businesses. I have a coaching company, uh, Real Estate Accelerator. We help people get their first rental property and uh, actually teach those nuts and bolts of how to do that. We have an Airbnb holding company. We have a long-term rental holding company. And then we have a development company that we build a bunch of stuff, both horizontal, like take raw ground and make into lots, as well as uh, new construction and vertical. So uh, I've done about you know a little over a thousand fix and flips and, and new construction builds in my career. So that's, that's the real estate side. Five years ago, Nathan, or the 10 years ago, Nathan, 20 years ago, Nathan, I think they're all different. And so what I believe to be the most true and the most helpful things, I, tr I try to be, you know, one of the things I love about Joe Rogan uh, is that he is a bigger audience than any like news program or, you know, all news programs in the, in the, is certainly in the United States. I don't know, yeah. internationally. And he's willing to to just be wrong, and and I, I want to be willing to be wrong. And the version of of Nathan today is the person who is learning to understand and listen faster and be more patient. And so that's what I mean by it. And you know, the the Nathan of five years from now. By the way, I never talk about myself in the third person, but um, you know, me in five years, I you know, I hope to be a much better person, a much yeah. more understanding person, a much more, you know, all those things, because I, you know, I, I think stagnation is death and, and I, I can't stand the thought of that. Being a better man also means we are truthful and honest and take ownership when we screw stuff up too. And oh, yeah. that's one of those places where I've, it's been a growth edge for me, which means my son's name is Colin, you know, Hey Colin, I'm sorry for getting upset. It was an appropriate response and 
I was frustrated in the moment, but it didn't matter because that wasn't the way to respond. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry for doing that. You know, not, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're being a real pain. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can talk about the thing that may, maybe needs to be changed, but also like, how do we as people do mm-hmm. a better job when your kids are a little younger than mine? So I think that has a different feeling to it too, because it's hard to tell your four-year-old like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to work on this project. Yeah. You know, can I tell you about it? I, I need to put a little focus time. And instead, you know, for me now, it's more of having an honest conversation. And, you know, I was funny. I was, I start every day, by the way, with, with, uh, I go for a walk. I, re- I have written gratitude, written focus for the day. And I track everything every day too. So I'm, I'm very intentional with, with every part of my, my life. But I, I'm walking with my daughter and I'm like, I ask her, Hey, Grace, you know, where can, where can I do better? So I just ask her just, you know, randomly on a, on a walk. And, uh, and she's kind of perplexed. She's like, well, I'm like, no, seriously. Like I I want an answer. I want a real answer. And she said, you know, you work too much. And, and I said, okay, well tell me what it would look like. Like, what does it look like to to not work as much? to you because mm-hmm. that's the other thing too is having that present time like she is super happy and as soon as we get off this podcast by the way she's literally i it's daddy daughter we're we're hanging out nice. so uh she is just as happy literally cuddled up on the couch you know watching a movie or something it doesn't have to be any any sort of thing it doesn't have to be a cost and so i think it's it's really recognizing what is the thing that that they, you know, wife, kids, whatever, are actually asking for. Mm-hmm. And then how do we actually serve that versus this feeling of like, gosh, I need to, you know, insert this amount of time or this sort of thing or whatever. It's like, instead now I just like, I'm going to ask what, what, what actually makes a difference? What mm-hmm. do you need from me? And how can I better serve you as your dad, uh, as your, as your husband, whatever. I, I think, the other way we can ask those questions and even with a younger kid is, is like, when do you feel most loved with your dad? Mm-hmm. Like, when do you feel most loved or, uh, what is the most fun thing you can remember us doing together? Uh, or, you know, if you could do something every day with me or us together, you know, what would that be? And so I love structuring those questions and the things we learn from, psychology and and you know coaching and sales Mm -hmm. and you know there's another great book never split the difference everyone should read that book it is a brilliant book uh is we take those same tools and we apply them like actually apply them to your life so i try very uh consciously to do that I'm excited to have Lyle Head on the call. Um, we have a mutual friend in Stu Grazier who introduced us. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, chat with Lyle and learning a little bit more about him and his family, um, as well as his business. So I, I can't wait for it. But uh, Lyle, if you can, go ahead and introduce yourself and your family and uh, tell us a little bit about your business. So i um, 46 years old. Um, 17 years ago, I made a trip to Costa Rica and decided to never leave. Um, since then, <laughs> I, I married a, a girl from Colombia. I met here. I've had, I had an 11 year old daughter, uh, built a few businesses, real estate, vacation rentals. Uh, now I'm in the coaching and consulting and also doing some real estate development. Uh, and the most recent exciting dad thing that I've done is um, 
almost a year ago, um, we semi-adopted a young girl from an island here. Um, her mom wanted to give her an opportunity to play more soccer and get more experience. So she asked if she could come live with us this year, and it's been, been amazing. Um, the, the Watching this young girl coming from a small island, being exposed to you know the mainland and going to a big school and playing in national soccer tournaments and being able to experience that, get my daughter to be able to experience that, that humbleness and bringing that into our house has been mm-hmm. a pretty darn cool experience. We started homeschool a couple of years ago. That was a big shift and she wanted to do it. So it's been, a, we've learned a lot about the discipline of what it takes. And I've been, and I've been very adamant that it's her responsibility right? This is her business. This is her ownership. This is her learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm here to support you. Right? So we've learned, we've seen cheating, we've seen lying, we've seen all these different little things that have happened and me being able to be there and be like, it's okay. Why did you cheat? Because you were afraid that yeah. you were going to get in trouble for me? No, no, no. You created that. I didn't, I didn't create, mm-hmm. I didn't create that. That's something you're putting in your own head. I've never, ever punished you or got upset with you because you didn't succeed at something. The only times I yep. ever punished you is when you lie to me. That's it. Yeah. That's our number one value is that we're going to trust and we're not going to lie to each other. Because the last thing I want to do is be sitting in a house with people that I love and they're lying to my face. You want to trigger me to the next level? That's the biggest trigger. It's, that's the hardest part thing for me to overcome is that when I have someone that loves me, that's, that's my family right there next to me, they'll look me dead in the eye and lie to me. There's one incident that's created this fear that makes them think that lying is going to avoid that being back in that space where they didn't feel like you cared and loved for them and wanted them to be there. Mm-hmm. And it could be the silliest, like you won't even, like it could be the silliest thing, but it's just like, ingrained in their head this image is ingrained in their head right and as they get as they get a little bit older you'll see with your boy between this like eight and eleven these are when you'll 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 dig it out of him right you'll dig it out of him if you just keep having the conversation just keep Mm -hmm. reminding him i love you i trust you the last thing i'm ever going to do is punishing you for telling me the truth i mean i've had to have conversations with my daughter i said look at baby if you go and drive over someone and kill them in the car and you run away and you come to me, me and you are going to figure out how to not get in trouble. I'm your guy, <laughs> right? Like there's no one else. Like, like if it's that extreme, like I'm your guy, I'm going to help you get out of anything possible that's going to go on in this world. There's no one else that's going to be there for you. Like I'm going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So don't ever put me in a situation where I don't know what's really going on. Don't ever put me in that yeah. situation because I'm not going to be able to help you. And there's no one on this planet that's going to go to bat to help you like I am or your mother's. And just continue. It's just a continual yeah, thing. You just got to keep and then showing them that you're truthful. You're, you're real about it. Right. Not reacting because mm-hmm. they got a bad grade. You know, not reacting because, you know, they didn't win a game. You know what I mean? Like you're reacting. You yeah. didn't put in the effort. We, let's talk about the effort that you put into this. Right? Let's mm-hmm. talk about didn't you tell me you studied all night last night? Well, you did it, right? I can see in your here on your screen that you were watching Netflix. So mm-hmm. what's really going on? 
it's as yeah. long as you're, I think as long as you're consistent over time, like you'll go through these waves as they, as they grow. And ultimately for me, like it's all about before these teenage years, make sure I lock in this trust. I am uh, truly excited about our guest today, John Ballinger. Um, I think he is going to provide some massive insight and excitement. John, if you can, please introduce yourself. Tell us about your family and then uh, a little bit about your business. So, um, Adam, I'm a 20-year retired Marine, uh, helicopter pilot by trade. Just retired in October and uh, relocated with my family um, to Colorado Springs, Colorado. And... Got a wonderful wife of 15 years, and our story is, is truly phenomenal how God inter, interwove our, our interactions to end up as a married couple. But we have two boys, 11 and 7. Uh, my oldest is Lincoln, youngest is Hudson. We had a, a daughter in between, um, but she, is, uh, she, she passed away right after birth, well, three months after birth. So we're, we're a happy family of four, and... And loving this next chapter, you know, trying new things, trying to expand my horizons. I purposely avoided going back into av aviation, and purposely avoided going into military contracting because mm -hmm. those seem like somewhat safe uh, bets that I wanted to try to to grow from. So, two or three things that I'm actually doing. One, I started with two other partners, a, a real estate development company that's based out of Oklahoma. And we're focused on just taking properties and, and really <clears throat> adding value to those and, and expanding the capacity and the capabilities of those properties. And um, also doing some coaching, some executive coaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching for individuals who are just seem to be stuck in a place that they, they need a little assistance getting out of a little bit of accountability. So I do that um, for individuals and for, I come in and speak to corporations um, just on anything and everything that, that they may need help with. So really excited to put my hand to different things, but it is also trying at times as well. So that's what I'm currently doing. Three, four months ago, we had a, a real estate deal that we were working on very heavily, spending a lot of time on. And I went in to, uh, lay, to tuck my boys in for bed and lay with them for a few minutes. And my youngest son, Hudson, said, Dad, um, could could mom just lay with me instead of you? And I, I kind of looked at him and I looked back at my wife and I said, why, Hudson, why would you say something like that? Well, I'm, it's my turn. And he goes, well, because you're under, always on your phone. When, I'm, hmm. when, I, when he's laying in bed, I'm on my phone. Yeah. And I like talk about like mm -hmm. stab right, right through the heart. But I was breaking my own rule. I mean, I was, I was not being present when I had the ability to be present and just lay there and hug him and pray over him and, and talk to him as he goes to sleep. And he said, no, you're always on your phone. So I, I have to find those things. And I've told the boys, my wife and I both have told us, told our boys, call us out. If, yeah. if you ever see us not looking at you when you're talking to us, like we demand they do for us. Mm -hmm. Call us out. Say, Dad, put away your phone. I mean, <laughs> hearing a seven-year-old say, Dad, put away your phone and listen to me is that helps. That helps make yeah. your mission really clear. I've told my 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 eleven-year-old. I've said, Listen, there's going to be a time where you think I'm I'm wrong all the time, mm -hmm. but experience is on my side, and I'm just trying to give you a shorter path 
to success than I had. And having those conversations, I think, does that to where hopefully they get to that other that other stage much faster. And I've got friends that are still angry with their dads, but I've got Mm -hmm. a lot of friends that are. I mean, their dad's their best friend, and they go fishing and boating and do all these things with them. And it's really cool to see that and to tap into those guys and say, like, how did you? How are you guys best friends now? You know, what what do you do different? And I find going back to our conversation on communication, that's what it was. It was being, it was being truthful, and it was being integral, and it was being open. You know, when we're able to communicate hardships, but we're also able to communicate successes and victories with our kids, that they see that, that's genuine to them. But if we're only just saying, well, well, I'm only going to tell you about the things that I did right, Mm. it's going to leave a big gaping hole for them to wonder, what did did dad do wrong? Because you may be able to fool them for a while, but eventually they're going to figure it out. And when they figure it out, you you don't want it to be, oh, dad was a liar. Mm-hmm. He told me all this stuff and but he did all this other stuff like i don't trust him now my son my youngest the other day i said if you do x i think it was if you eat all your lunch you'll get a cookie after school and you know whatever right so i set the parameters and then something shifted in his mind he thought he did what was expected and i didn't give him the reward that he mm-hmm. thought he deserved. In my mind, it was very clear, and I can't remember the, the whole story, but he said, Dad, you're a liar. And I stopped him, and I said, Hudson, let's, let's build one truth right now. I will never lie to you. Mm-hmm. I said, I will always tell you the truth. It may not be what you want to hear or how you want to hear it, but I'll always tell you the truth. I said, when, if I lie to you, then you, can, you have the right to call me a liar. But on this, this instance, you don't get to call me a liar because I've worked really hard to never lie to you, to never tell you something that's untruthful. So when that occur, uh, if that ever occurs, you can call me out, but this isn't it. And, and it really shaped how he spoke to me afterwards. And he actually came up in his seven-year-old heart and said, Dad, I'm sorry, I called you a liar. You're not. You're a great dad. But it, I wanted to make sure uh, my wife, my sons, that they know I'm never going to lie to them. But if I did, they have full authority to call me out on it. And, and holding ourselves accountable. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.